Hi, everybody. My name is Kara McCarran, and I'm the host of She's the Owner podcast. On this podcast, we're going to be featuring female founders who are at any part of their entrepreneurial journey. We will ask them the same 10 questions and see where the conversation takes us. Let's get started. So hello, everybody. It is Kara McCarran uh, with you again from She's the Owner, and this is the She's the Owner podcast. And um, today I've got somebody who is very near and dear to my heart. Um, she's my business coach. She's my friend. She's my friend first and my business coach second. And um, high performance coach, I would say she likes to push me quite hard. Um, so Mariel is here with us and her company is called Maximum Results Coaching. Um, so we met in 2017. It's almost been, it'll be two years in October. Yes. And um quick I'll kind of give you the quick rundown on how we met so um, Shauna Arnett is our mutual friend and she will also be on the podcast um, she introduced us in uh, October when we all went to LA <laughs> spontaneously it was spontaneous for me um, to go see the Think and Grow Rich uh, movie premiere and if you haven't read that book I highly recommend it Napoleon Hill wrote it it was um, one of the most influential books I've ever read ever next to some Tony Robbins stuff that I've read as well but I've had my kids read it I read it um, often I actually gave it to a woman who um, was asking me for money at a stoplight one day and I had no money to give her but I had my think and grow rich book and I gave that to her and I made her promise me that she would read it I told her it would change her fucking life quote unquote so we met at the movie premiere Mariola and I both got off a plane and (laughs) we didn't really know what was happening we hadn't met yet and I think it was one of those love at first sight connections um I knew I was going to be friends with her forever and now she coaches me and she's incredible she's got three incredible kids and she just had a a new one Oliver and he's uh somewhere near the studio if you hear a little squawking that's it he's adorable um and so Mariela tell us a little bit about so welcome thanks for coming on the podcast you know I appreciate it Thank you for um, having me. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a, an epic quote, Mariela's favorite word, epic uh, episode. So we'll just get right into it. Um, we always ask the same 10 questions. So I'm just going to start with it. So what's the name of your company? I've already mentioned it, but if you want to say it again, and why did you name it um, what you named it? So as you mentioned, uh, my company's name is Maximum Results Coaching, and it's because I get maximum results for my clients. And I came up with, actually, I didn't come up with this name, but two of my epic friends first and clients a second, uh, a.k.a. Kara and Shauna were sitting one day, we were masterminding, and he said, why don't you, you get maximum results for all of the clients you work with. Why don't you just call it maximum results coaching and in encompasses coaching and training and public speaking and voila, that's the how the name you have came it. up. Mm-hmm. So... What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a little kid and you were thinking, this is what I want to do forever? What what was that thing that you wanted to be when you were growing up? A businesswoman. Oh. And for those of you listeners who remember the old Dynasty show, the second when I saw that Dynasty show, and I believe Alexis was the businesswoman in that show, the old one, the one from 80s. And uh, some of you, the younger ones, might be watching the Dynasty, the new one. 
Um, and when I saw that show and I saw the powerful women on that show and running business, that's what I decided to be a businesswoman. So all my Barbie dolls had a nice briefcase and nice set of suits. And yeah, I didn't know exactly in what capacity, but that was my dream. That's so interesting that you bring that up because one of the things when I went to uh, Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within, the first one I went to, I had a limiting belief about women with money. And I was trying to think back to where would I've gotten that. And it was all of those shows because, yes, they were powerful, but a lot of times they were painted as these evil bitches and not inclusive and greedy and conniving and all these negative traits around it. So it's not even surprising to me that as women, when we think of being a successful businesswoman, we still have we have some point of reference, but that point of reference isn't always positive. And so once I kind of figured out where it was hiding in my subconscious, I fixed it. And now I don't think that about wealthy women and successful women. But um, that's where it all began was those 80s, like landing or not landing, uh, Falcon Crest, Dynasty, there's a bunch of them. But um, yeah, interesting. So how old were you? or, Or when did you realize that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? I'm still realizing it. (laughs) Well, too old. I believe we're all entrepreneurs at heart. And to formalize a little bit more my entrepreneurial journey, I guess it really happened to me when I met you and you (laughs) asked me some direct questions. I do that sometimes. Yes. And I love that because you are first person in my life that kind of called spade to spade and say, okay, are you... Are you having just a hobby? Is it a side hustle? Is it a hobby? Or you actually want to own the company? And that's where you awaken that entrepreneurial part of me. That, and and it, it's been a couple of years since this conversation with you and I has happened. And I, I was um, telling people before before the podcast, Mariel and I, when we first met that t- when we were in L.A., we were I was in a towel in our room. She was in a bathing suit. We'd just all gone to the hot tub and we were sitting there coaching and masterminding, freezing our butts off because it was super air conditioned. But even then, I I recognized in her for sure, like she's she's really incredible at what she does. And I'm, and I'm not just saying that because she's close to me and, and all that. She really, really is. And so it's been like, <clears throat> excuse me, two years of me sort of harassing her lovingly but and then all of a sudden things just clicked I guess when you went to UPW really last year and now she's got her own practice and I couldn't be more proud and happy for her because it's freeing when you finally step into that when you've accepted and you've burned your boat and you do what you know what you're meant to be doing Um, so so what so this is a good lead into the next question so what's the scariest thing about starting a company (laughs) give me a couple Um, letting go of perfection Mm. and taking that leap of faith, jumping with both feet and trusting that you develop the wings along the way. So kind of letting go the control of that everything has to be perfect and ready before you move forward. Right. So give me a couple of ways that you consciously do that where you know, a fear might come up and you and you stop it in its tracks. Is there do you have any tools that you can share that um, you know, for me, you, you've taught me about or reminded me or, or got me to do my triad and stepping into that new version of myself. That's what needs to be confident or whatever. Do you have any kind of quick tips that you can share with with the listeners on how you overcome 
when you feel scared and fearful about starting the company or continuing the company? Number one thing is to be self-aware and self-observant and recognize that the fear is coming up and recognizing this within your body and recognizing that you're going through some type of terror barrier. And if that happens, just acknowledging it because the fear has helped and served us to protect us from some dangers in life. So just recognize it, thank the fear and look into a vision. So associating more pleasure of following through with the certain steps. So that would be the immediate. There are also something that I like to do in a long run is digging deep into my subconscious or my client's subconscious and recognizing what their subconscious identity is set on. So if the subconscious identity, and for me, until I met you, my subconscious identity was set truly on the working for someone nine to five all the time and not spreading my wings as much in the side hustle or entrepreneurial journey. So I had to really step into that subconscious identity and realize that, okay, I need to set that bar, that identity to be entrepreneur to take myself to the next level and with that identity it's the same with the relationship we have it's the same with the whether we are going to follow through with the diet or not whether we're going to follow through with our commitments on the fitness or finances it's just looking at setting that subconscious belief about ourselves that we have um <clears throat> excuse me so what's been your greatest lesson so far when it comes to being an entrepreneur i know it's still pretty new for you but full-time anyway but tell me if there's anything that any lessons that you've come to learn so far the biggest is and I have it as my incantation is all I need is within me now Mm. and realizing that there is more that I know that I think or I initially thought I used to think, well, I need some type of direction or structure around it. And then I realized I have already done amazing things in life. And whether doing my MBA, whether my corporate career, whether having children or being in a relationship, I mean, children and husbands, they don't come with instruction manual and I have figured it out. (laughs) I mean, then I can just take these skills. I have tons of transferable skills that I have already acquired in my life and I can apply them into my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, and I think, so one thing, Mariel and I had our call this week and one of the things that we were talking about was I'd made a comment about how I feel in my other company, sales are really easy and it, it almost it almost acts like a self-sabotage because I go into it thinking can it be really this easy like this is too easy and so I'm looking for ways to make it more difficult and she told me to do an exercise where I'm choosing 30 different ways that I've mastered the art of selling in the way that I do and and that's it like that's a lesson right I, I think I forgot that I had 20 something years of work ahead of the company that I'm the other company that I'm running and so I've sort of minimized all those lessons and she was really good at reminding me like you know even things like I did telemarketing when I was in my 20s that prepared me for being able to make a cold call now I did um, a bunch of courses in sales when I was in my early 20s that prepared me on how to build rapport and a lot of it's natural but there's certainly a lot of things along the way that we forget that are lessons and it's important to stop and 
and honor those and think about them and maybe make a list yourself where you're looking at it thinking, okay, I didn't just wake up today in this, because our, our, our propensity to make things difficult is there. It's just hardwired into us. So when something isn't difficult, we're searching. Um, but then if you remind yourself, well, hold on, like that was 20 years of work to get to this quote unquote easy part, then it doesn't seem so easy anymore. Um, so as you know, um, She's the Owners really revolves around feminine and masculine energy in terms of feminine or female entrepreneurship. So what does feminine and masculine energy mean to you? I believe so being in a feminine energy for me is just being much closer and true to my core. But I also believe that masculine energy has served me in certain parts of my life and certain occasions, and it has brought me to where I am right now. And there are still certain situations where I do adopt more masculine energy, and it serves me well. And similarly with the feminine energy. I do feel I'm more true at my core when I am in my feminine energy, but at the same time, I kind of use both as long as I'm authentic to myself, whichever energy shows up, a particular situation, a particular season of my life, it's all good. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Like, <clears throat> that's, I think that's the biggest part of this whole mission and movement is making sure that as women founders, we're honoring both of those things because like I've said in, in other episodes, we do have to show up in our masculine in many situations. If you're, um, especially if you're the founder or you're the CEO or you're in a power position, the masculine energy serves us. It's decision-making, risk-taking, assertiveness, all those things. But it's not all of those. That's not everything that is us, right? And so it's important to acknowledge the feminine side and the feminine side like in terms of creativity for example when I'm in my feminine I'm way more creative um, I may even be more resourceful in some cases than if I'm in my masculine too far in my masculine um, so I, I love that you're saying you know that you're honoring it and you're you're aware and balancing it because it's that's what it is it's you can't be one or the other men can't be one or the other there's a balance to it and it's just a matter of you know just being aware of it and um, using it when you need to like like the uh what you said about the season of your life too like that you know there's certain times of your life that it feels better to be just in your feminine you know when you're new mom for example that's a really important time to be nurturing and vulnerable and using your intuition more so um do you ever feel like you're too far in your masculine energy not so much anymore but i do have to admit there was a poor point in my life, I was working um, in sales for Xerox, and I was the only female on a sales team. And I did want to awaken the masculine energy. In fact, I read this book, it's called Play Like a Man, Win Like a Woman. Wow. And it does, doesn't talk about oh, you're awakening masculine energy specifically, but it does awaken a lot of masculine <laughs> energy. And at that point, that was something that I needed and it has served me. Um, right now, I think what's more important is just to your point, Kara, is to be present and being aware. So oftentimes I don't really think, am I masculine or am I feminine right now? Do I have to be masculine or feminine? I kind of trust my intuition 
which is, which is feminine. <laughs> uh, trust my intuition that who do I need to be or which energy I have to have in order to show up best for my client. So if my intuition tells me that the client needs me to be more feminine or more masculine, I just trust my intuition and naturally show up in that state. Is there ever a point where you've <clears throat> shown up in one, you know, sort of, you're in the middle of a conversation and you have to switch gears where you're feeling like this isn't working. I need to back off and be a bit more nurturing or a bit more thoughtful in this situation or the reverse where you're too much in the feminine energy and then you think I need to dial it down and get a little bit more assertive here. I can't recall that I would consciously tell myself, okay, now be masculine, now be feminine. However, as you're specifying some of the characteristics, there are times where I'm like, okay, I have to be more empathetic right mm. now, or I have to be more nurturing. Um, so for example, like with my kids, one of the tools I use is to put myself in an emotional state of, I call it 3P, which is a present, playful, and, um, oh my gosh, present, playful, and uh, passionate. So just to have that energy around them. And I would put myself into that, that energy, which most likely gets me into more feminine part. So when I'm, yes, I guess, I guess, you know, as, as, as it's a good question. Like I had to dig a little bit deeper to think of the situations. Well, the tables are turned on you yeah. then, aren't they? <laughs> I'm always digging deeper. <laughs> Um, so this one, I, I'm excited for your response and your answer, but, um, what do you think about personal development and why? Kara, you did <laughs> not allot it enough time I during know. this podcast. You know, I can talk about it for a long time. Well, I believe and strongly believe that absolutely anything that we accomplish in our life is 80% of psychology and 20% of tactical parts. And personal development helps everyone to bring that 80% to that strength. I have invested, oh my gosh, tens and thousands of dollars and hundreds of, of not hundreds, thousands of hours of studying personal development, neuropsychology, all the positive psychology and all the tactics, think and grow rich, whatever, whatever I could get my hands on. And I strongly believe that if we are not growing, we are dying. And I believe it started in me when I heard the quote from Jim Rohn. He said, uh, work harder on yourself that you work on your job. And initially I thought, well, like, no, you have to be good at your job. You have to and then I realized the harder you work on yourself, the better you show up in all areas of your life. And this is the best investment anybody can make into themselves, just growing personally. Yep. And it's and I think, you know, we <clears throat> because we're older, we talk to a lot of young entrepreneurs. And um, one of the things and, and it's not even exclusive to young entrepreneurs, but I hear, you know, people say, well, I can't afford that or you can afford that. I can't or and here's here's the real deal. I mean. I'm nowhere near where I want to be in terms of, you know, my goals and my aspirations financially, really all that stuff. I'm always, it's always a work in progress. But I was a single mom. I was living in housing at one point with my daughter. 
sleeping on a crib mattress. Like I had nothing. I had a library card and no matter what, anytime anybody says they can't and then whatever the end of that sentence is, it's just a limiting belief and it has nothing to do with the ability to actually execute, go read a book. Like, and that's, that's a frustrating part I find because I look at my story and I think, well, I had nothing and I've, I've learned what I've learned because I'm tenacious and I'm hungry for it. So um, when we talk, you know, when we talk about spending thousands of dollars and, and I invest in obviously in my coaching and I invest in going to events and all that, but I didn't always, I didn't always have the money to do that. And sometimes I don't even have the money like business mastery, which is a Tony Robbins event. That's an expensive event. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I just committed to the outcome that I was going because it was important to me to go and I figured out the rest. And so I think it is really important, you know, but you have to pick up that first piece, whether it's a book or whatever. And now, I mean, when you and I started learning about this stuff, for me, it's 20 years ago, there was no internet. There's nothing. There was some audio tapes, if you were lucky to get your hands on it, infomercials, that kind of thing. But now, I mean, anybody can hop on YouTube and start at least to learn that there's a different way to, to approach your mindset and, and start a personal development journey and understand that it never ends. There's no end of the game. Absolutely. You're always learning. And, it, and again, if you're not learning and you're not growing, you're dying. And that's, that is the bottom line. But anyone can start. Anybody can start somewhere. Absolutely. So. And just to add to that, Kara, because you said that some people mentioned that, okay, I don't have money. It's return on investment. Right. It's absolutely return on investment. And there are some of the values that you're getting from personal development that you can't even put a price on no. because the happiness and the levels of achievement and fulfillment in life, I mean, are priceless. Yeah. It's it, And that's, you, you couldn't have said it better. That's exactly, exactly right. Um, so this is a question that... Um, I don't even, I may, I may even take it out eventually because it's, we'll see. But as a woman, this question is real and it is how it tends to be in most households. But do you think you have to choose between having a family and being a family woman and being a businesswoman? Or do you see it? I, I personally don't think you need to choose. I think you can do both. And I'm a single mom, so I'm not even speaking from two people in the house. And it still works. Like my my kid's dad t today is totally on duty. It's my day with my our youngest, but he's got the whole day for me. And like, I don't think I have to choose. Do, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? I don't think anybody should choose. And I don't even think it's a matter of choosing is I am strong believer that the way you do one thing determines how we do everything else. And if you are achieving in your business, you are role modeling. Like the kids will do what they see you to do, not what you tell them mm -hmm. to do. So it, by you succeeding in a business or any other aspect of your life and kids watching you, witnessing you that, you're already doing parenting jobs. So it's not a matter of choosing. Now, having said that, I also must admit that during my entrepreneurial journey or side hustle journey, yes, I had moment and that used to be my biggest limiting block and subconsciously and that's how I was resisting success because I thought, well, the more successful I am, the less time I will have for my kids. And, and that was a big block. I worked through it and made sure that 
the right now, like my thought is, well, the more more successful I am, the better I can serve them. Right. And but it it was at one point in my life a big block that I had to overcome. That was a contradicting thought on the mm. subconscious level that was literally stopping me from taking on more clients or pursuing opportunities that were coming my way. Right. However, I don't think anybody should choose or neither. I don't think even it's a choice. Right. Like the kids will role model you. If you're a successful businesswoman, like do you want your kids to watch you, let's say closing deals, w- uh, witnessing you? I know like you're incredible with your kids. You you really bring them on and make sure that they can witness your success and your progress. So do you want your kids watching you let's say making a sales call or meeting with the clients or successfully pursuing opportunities or do you want to watch your kids do you want your kids to watch you sitting on a couch and watching netflix all day long and yeah you're spending the time with them because you're at home physically there but what the what they're role modeling right now right no it's and it's very true um yeah, and, and that like the f- the first podcast that I recorded um, was with my stepdaughter Amanda, and my daughter was here taking pictures. So um, I'm a big believer in bringing your kids to a lot of this stuff. It's not like it was 30 years ago where people have a have a judgment about your children being part of your company in some way. And um, so I think there's a lot of workarounds, and and I don't I don't think it needs to be a choice either. So last question: How do you get into your feminine energy when you're conscious of it and you want to feel more in that thoughtfulness and intuition and vulnerability and sensuality and all those things that we talk about? I so I believe in living life on purpose, and I oftentimes I focus on the outcome. So if I do have to consciously put myself in a certain state of emotions, um, it doesn't even have to be so much, I don't intentionally wake up and say, well, now I have to be feminine. It's not so much like that. But uh, what I do, it's my amazing practice to keep me close to my core is to go for a run in nature. I am blessed to live in a beautiful area close to the lake and close to the beautiful forest and I would just go and run for an hour or two hours just keeping myself grounded but at the same time it brings me closer to my core which the closer I am to my core the closer to my feminine energy I am and then so when I come back from my run I know my husband always welcomes me he's like oh (laughs) there is a new you (laughs) because it does bring me all this energy that as a fam, as a, as a in a feminine energy, I I want to experience. That's beautiful. Um, I do I do a two hour walk in the morning with the dog as well, and I find that's sort of my time when I'm listening to theta music, which Marilla likes to. <laughs> we talk about that, um, but it's yeah, it's, it's I find that too. Actually, now that you're saying that, being in na- nature is one of those ways that you can just because because that's it. The feminine energy is more to your core, and so when you feel closer to that core, you just automatically are more intuitive and all those things. Um, so yeah, nature's, I think a really incredible way to do that. Um, okay. Well, I, that's it. Those are the questions. Um, thank you so much for coming all the way. I know it took you guys forever to get here because of traffic and, um, Toronto traffic is horrendous. If you know, you know, if you don't, you're lucky you don't know. Um, and that's it. So thank you. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you.